Episode one, boom! I brought up my secret weapon. His name's Zoot Lightfoot. He's incredible. In fact, I'd call him a photo ninja. And he's got experience shooting all over the world. We're going to talk about why photography is such an awesome job, selling out to corporate work, the toughest part about photography, and how to over-deliver. Hope you enjoy it. Got any questions, put them down below or DM me. Catch you later. Enjoy. So Zoot. Justin. What does it mean to be a professional photographer? Do you get paid to do it? Or you, do you just take photos on your iPhone and that's what you do? What do you do? Uh, no, I don't take pictures on my iPhone. I'm, I'm a really bad iPhone photographer. I take pictures on my DSLR. So where, where, is it that you, where does it take you? What do you actually do? I kind of wear two hats. I am a kind of commercial photographer on the one hand. In London, I specialize in the construction industry, but I do a little bit of everything that comes along because I'm a freelancer with bills to pay. And I like working. I just, I like the variety of it. And on my other hat, I'm a documentary storytelling photographer. So you're saying that you do lots of things? Yes. Like all photographers do. I do lots of things like all photographers probably do, but at the same time, there's a little voice in my head going, don't say you do lots of things. Say you're a specialist. Don't admit to being a jack of all trades. That is very true. I feel like most photographers, you have to go into one vertical. It's yeah. like you got to find a niche so then you can be the guy so in the niche. So jack of all trades is the wrong word. I wish I'd never said that. The, the thing is you've got, to be, you've got to be a specialist. And if you can be a specialist in a few things, that's going to help you. Well, I will officially say I am a jack of all trades, master of none. I take photos of stuff. But I think the, the, trick, of, the trick that I found over the years is that you can be a specialist but you can't lay everything out on the table at once. It's like you are, you do construction. Bread and butter, great. I mean, it's tough. You have to get your head around to different ideas and things that you have to photograph, mm -hmm. but you wouldn't necessarily put it on the same website as your Operation Smile stuff. Yeah, agreed. The two don't, you know, how can you present that to a client and say, hi, here's me, you know, it's, it just doesn't work, I don't think. I think there's a storytelling element that maybe goes through both of them that you can work. But I, but I think in terms of getting business, winning a client and getting a, getting a job, you've got to remember that there's going to be a lot of other people in the queue, I guess. I guess a lot of other really good photographers. So refine your offering and, and kind of keep it simple. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me because I think it's a struggle that we as photographers or filmmakers always have. It's mm. like you have all these skills and you've done all this work and you go, how do I package it up and how do I share it with somebody else so they can see all the things that mm -hmm. I'm good at? And you go, for you, you've got to package it up in such a way where the client, i.e. whether it's Operation Smile or whether it's a commercial client or whether it's construction, you've got to package it so then they can sell it to their marketing, PR, advertising, so really, you have to do the legwork for the company to pitch it to the people that are going to say, yeah, yeah, all right, we'll have Zoot on. We'll have Zoot on site. Sure, sure. And I think it's our job to package it up in such a way that it's easy to sell it. And that's tough for us to do. Yeah, I mean, that is tough. And here I am kind of on this podcast, and it, it, I, I feel like I should admit, I, I don't know how successful I am. I, I think it's a challenge that never really goes away. 
Um, but I think that's what people need to hear. I think but, the, Yeah, I don't want to be sitting here saying, hey, I've mastered it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm certainly well aware that, 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 you know, trying to pull different strands out of what you do and package it up, and then you don't want to over package it, and you don't want to be too singular. I don't know if we ever kind of crack that one, but, but certainly having, you know, having a network, having your conversations with people and saying, I'm trying to do this, should that go in there? And you, you know, you, you've got to suss it out and put your feelers out. The, I mean, we obviously bounce back and forth and we do different types of work, mm -hmm. but it's knowing that, that when I call you, whatever it is, if it involves taking a photo of something, I know that I want Zoot there and I know you can take photos. So it doesn't really matter what I need photographed. It's just that I want Zoot on set. He's always a yes man and I want that guy. So come take some photos. For me, that's what it's like when I call you. Yeah. That's the attitude that a lot of young photographers maybe don't see as much. They see the specialist that picks its jobs, that does its thing, when in truth, I don't think either of us would be here if we didn't say yes. Yeah. I, gu I guess that kind of taps into, there's a kind of a few things I think going on there that you taps into. One is the kind of, you know, the, the pure vision of the artist who's, the creator who might have this very tailored, well-selected, thought-through body of work. And then there's a kind of more commercial jobbing photographer. And I guess I'm the, I'm, I'm the working jobbing photographer. Well, I'm not going to lie. I like that bit. Because that, I just think it's, it's rich with story. And you want to sit down and have a pint with you and be like, so what were you working on last week? What did you do last month? And I feel like that's what I love about what I do. And I love talking to people that do the same. If you continue to do the same thing, kudos. But the variety is the spice of life in photography. For sure. I mean, I mean yeah, that is why I love my job. Is you kind of go, wow, look at all the kind of universes I've just dipped into in the last month from, I don't know, from a construction site to a boardroom meeting to a politician to uh, someone who needs their picture taken who's starting their business to I don't know and that's just with without even talking about the travel that's that's kind of why I love the job I mean I, I think that's the biscuit I think if you can well I think the bigger picture within travel I think travels gonna be in a little bit of a pickle mm-hmm and you go, okay, well, can I take what I do and put it in my locale? Can mm -hmm. I put it around me, what I typically do? Like, I'm a travel photographer. That's what I do. And you go, how can I implement that in the world around me without having to jump on a plane? And you go, you've got to get crafty, you've got to pivot, and you've got to say yes. Because I now have to take my entire industry and go, boop. Hmm. There it is. Uh, okay, now I need to take photos of other things other than pretty destinations that, you know, I'm just in the great place, pointing the camera in the right direction. You know, now I've got to use my brain and get smart. One question that I love dealing with artists is, is it okay to be a corporate sellout? You've alluded to it, you've talked about it, but is it okay to, to sell out <laughs> to the corporate world and not be the artiste? Is it okay to just work and get paid? Mind you, I, we both have kids. Yeah. And we have families <laughs> and we have to pay for things. I mean, things. I feel, I feel like, like whatever way you answer this question, it has to be tongue in cheek. It's like, no, never, never sell out. 
unless it's for loads of money. And then it's like, yeah, of course, we've all got to survive. So I don't know, how, how do you answer that question? I mean, I go with a big whopping. Yes. Yes. I said yes. Yeah, to me it is, you sell out. What do you but mean by sell out though, Justin? I don't, what, what is this by taking a, co a corporate gig rather than I'm just gonna take pictures that I, that I purely love taking about yeah. causes that I very care about and I'm gonna sell them as prints? And that, that, that only, or I'm only going to let them be published in a very select couple of publications that I agree with. Yeah, I think there's a uh, lot of that. Being that there's no money left in publications and you, you, know, you might squeeze 40 quid per image if you're lucky. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, when I got into this world, the only examples I saw of success were, oh wait, there weren't many. It was starving artist syndrome. It was the right. idea that I'm going to go and create the thing I want to create. Mm. And that works for some, not for all. But it's like, I mean, at the end I, of the day, you got to pay for food. You have sure. to pay a house. Look, I mean, everyone's got to do what they got to do to you know, survive. I would say that holding on to, to whatever made you pick up a camera in the first place is really important. And, and it's not easy. I think, you know, if you're doing it, you know, yeah, we all get a little bit burnt out and maybe we've done one too many corporate sellout jobs. <laughs> and you're kind of like, okay, and you, you know, so you've got to find a way to try and keep it fresh, keep it kind of, keep interested, keep kind of searching, I think. I don't know, I'm going through that process at the moment, if I'm honest, so it's like, how do you- I feel like it's you... ever evolving. And, it's and I think as well, clients want that. Because everyone, yeah. everyone wants, they're gonna want fresh, imagery that's interesting. Nobody wants something stale, so. I think if you continue to do the same thing, you yeah. run the risk of burnout and you run the risk of just being samey-samey. And yeah. then you're not inspired about your own work. The joy of keeping it mixed up, you know, do that corporate job, but then because you did that corporate job, you might have a little bit more financial freedom to then also, take on a couple other jobs. I don't jobs. think doing that corporate job means it has to be boring and bland and and, I don't and and not with your, you know, as long as there's a, it sounds corny, as long as there's a bit of heart and soul in what you do and you kind of, in, you know, you, you, you work hard on the craft and try and, you know, try and engage with the story, I, I, th I think then it doesn't have to be a sellout. I mean, yeah, all right, maybe if there's a cause you really don't feels a bit like working for the devil, then obviously then... That's a the, different story. That's a different story, right? Yeah. I, I guess for, um, for me, this, it's always been, as people have asked questions like, how do I get started in travel? How do mm. I do this? And mm. it's like, the real answer is you just have to go and go do it. You have to go do any job that you can get your hands on, whether it's a wedding, whether it's photographing pets, whether it's photographing for a local business. You have to build up a body of work, one. And in the travel space, you photograph everything. So you have yeah. to get good at photographing darn near everything. But the reason is if you take on work that might not necessarily feed your soul at that stage, you have to build some sort of a financial base so then you have the freedom to do whatever the heck you want. Sure. And the concept of selling out is, uh, maybe it's not as much it's, now it's, because it's, I'm older. I, I think it's, it can't be an either or. It's got to be both in, an, in answer to your question. I, the favorite, one of my favorite words. Yeah, both. I'll have both. Great. <laughs> because 
obviously everything you just talked about, financial reasons, you've got to get working, you've got to get experience, you've got to build your network, you've got to get clients. No one wants to be a starving artist. Maybe some people do, I don't know. I don't. Um, but at the same time, you kind of need, you need your passion project. You need to stay involved in your process and that is going to attract clients. I think your example of what you're working on with your poor, um, Polaroid project, you know, that's a passion project. No one's paying you to do that. But if you can go and have a conversation with a potential client about it, that's really exciting for them. They're probably gonna, that's probably your way into a lot of conversations. Yeah, 100%. I, so I, I think you've got to have both. You've got to have your little engine turning in the background of what's, you know, who you are, what you want to say, what you want to do. So my advice to any of them is, the answer is yes, it is okay to be a corporate sellout. And do anything and everything you can to build a foundation of whatever it is you want to be, whether it's films or photography. Don't turn your nose up at weddings. Don't turn your nose up at birthday parties. Don't turn your nose up at any of it if it's an opportunity to put money in your bank and keep you doing what you want to do. And it's our job mm -hmm. as photographers to, to put in, build those passion projects into our lives, mm -hmm. whether it's on a shoot or whether it's, wait a minute, it's not actually about the photograph in this situation. We're gonna get the photograph, but it's about building the relationship with the client and I'm telling the client's story. So whether it's pouring concrete or whether they're building wells, they have a story to tell, they're enthusiastic about it, and that's where you get the energy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessarily, do, do you wake up in the morning dreaming about how amazing this concrete pour is gonna be? You know, yes, no, maybe so, but you're excited to see Bill on site, and talk to Bill, and chat with Bill, and see his enthusiasm for pouring concrete. That's what gives me energy. For sure, yeah. You wanna see the people, you wanna see who's doing it. They, yeah, you wanna kinda of tell their stories, and. I think that's it, yeah, for me. I yeah, I think it's, it's hard to come at it and be like, look, you experience all these things in your life and you turn your nose up at a job when these people go to that job every day. You're like, but those people are interesting people. They have a story to tell. That business has a story to tell. Mom and pop might have started it 50 years ago. And you're like, There's, there is something there. Mm -hmm. It's our job to find it. So it's a really big game of hide and seek. And our <laughs> job is to find the story and tell it. Um, one thing we've talked about is the idea of this mentorship program um, that you're working on. I don't know how much you can share about it, okay. but the idea of mentorship. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes, when I moved to London and I was working in the creative field, I found that people here, uh, more so than where I grew up in Oregon, they held their car cards really close to their chest and they didn't share. And I found that really difficult. Right. And now we're 12 years in to living in London. And I felt like the mentorship thing wasn't there. What the do you mean that people that had a cameraman, a photographer, they got their gig, they got their client, and that they weren't gonna share about, yeah, how did you get there, what did you, you know, tell me your story of how yeah. you got there. I mean, the, the story I always use is okay. like in, in Oregon, or Eugene, or Portland where I grew up, mm. if I was in the store and there was somebody in the veggie aisle and they had a Frisbee. Mm. I would walk up to that person and say, hey, you like Frisbee? I like Frisbee. I'm having a barbecue today. Do you want to come to my barbecue? What do you do? And they'd go, oh, I'm into, you know, I'm, I'm a vet. And you go, I know loads of people that have animals. 
I'm gonna call all my friends that have animals that might need a vet, you should come to the barbecue. And I'm gonna share my network <laughs> with you. Right. Because that's just how I am. Right. And when I got here... That didn't translate too well to Britain. <laughs> no, it did not translate <laughs> at all to Britain when I first moved here. And I think slowly, slowly, uh, the, the culture's evolving, not the British culture, but just culture in general, mm -hmm. to share and mentor and help yeah. your neighbor. And I think that that's critical in our space. You know, it's not like I'll call you up to fill in for me when I'm not sure. available to do a job. Sure. I don't run the risk or the fear of like, oh, Zoot's going to run away with all of my clients. I go, no. The job needs to get done. I love this client. I trust this guy. Of course, I'm going to connect the dots. Yeah. Because I mean, it's going to benefit my client. And you go, how can we instill that in a younger generation of photographers that are coming up? Well, you've got to build share. your network, haven't you? And kind of, it's... You're going to go further when you, when you collaborate and work together, for sure. And if you can be the guy who helps your client and, and is straight up and honest with them and says, look, I can't make that shoot, but I can give you someone else, then that relationship continues. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. the client will just go, no, 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 we'll wait mm. till you're available. Mm. And I get that a lot. But in some instances, you mm. know, the show must go on. And whether yeah. I'm there or not, it's going to happen. So I want to make sure it's in the hands of somebody great. Mm. And... I guess for young creatives, people that are trying to tap into this market and be like, I want to be a filmmaker. I want to be a photographer. Granted, there's loads of tools and things that you can do to make that career happen for yourself. Sure. But it, it's that network. It's mm. talking to people that have done it before, seeing how they've done it. Maybe I can do it differently. Maybe I can take the same path. You know, what, what can we do? to help facilitate younger photographers and filmmakers as they come to the system. Well, I think you just got to give them a break, right? I mean, so I think for me, I'm kind of looking, I'm at that stage where I need a bit of a hand, I need assistance, it'd be great to have a second shooter. I want to kind of build up a bit of a crew, more capacity, bigger jobs, all of that kind of thing. I can't be everywhere at once, so I really, I want that, and I'm not worried about, and I want to build that crew rather than this kind of, uh, you know, the freelancer mentality. But I'm also quite aware that, that as I kind of look at my, how did I get, how did you get to where you are? It's just really hard to do it these days. I mean, I was, I was lucky. I, I got a job at an agency. I started as the postboy. I worked my way up to, to picture editor. Then I was like, okay, I don't want to work behind a desk. I really want to work out with, with cameras. I want to be out meeting people, doing jobs. So I started freelancing at the local newspaper. You freelance at the local newspaper. Then you get staff position. You do that for a bit. And you've kind of got the training bedded in. You've done the job for a few years. And it's, you know, that confidence is there. You kind of feel like, okay, I can walk into any room and someone's going to say, right, we're ready for you to do the picture now and you've got to come up with something. <laughs> and there's five people looking at you and it's a grey office with fluorescent lighting and, and you're like, okay, yeah. idea time. So you can, you can do that and not, you know, turn white. And go, yeah. So, so you've kind of got that, but I was just aware that local news doesn't exist anymore. That, that for really fertile kind of training ground where you're able to, you know, I had a, there was the network there of the chief photographer, all of those people who can support you and guide you through. 
that wasn't there anymore. Um, so I was like, well, how, how, what would someone starting out, how do they, how do they follow my kind of route? Um, and I've kind of found an opportunity to do this in um, a community project that we were working on that needed a photographer on a monthly basis. I covered it for a bit. Then we, I said, well, look, I can cover this, and this is a really good opportunity for someone coming in, give them regular work. You know, they can come shoot the assignments once a month. They get to deal with the client. They know how to deal with that. And you're going to get a body of work at the end of it because you've had to turn up for six months and the project's progressed and there you go, there's your portfolio piece kind of done. Um, and that's worked really well. And then from that, I found that in that process, I've been able to start getting my network and my crew. We've worked together, we trust each other, they're competent and then, you know, the, 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 the words got out about the project and we're now on to phase two so now we're a small agency where we can go in and shoot community organisations for the local council, for arts groups, and we're getting bookings because people really like this. Well, who wouldn't? I mean, you, you're, getting, you get, you're getting your pictures and you're also investing in young talent coming through and giving people work experience and an opportunity. And they're getting paid. I think that's there were, then it, that was the key thing, yeah. is that in the background of all of this was that was, well, do you corporate sell out? How do you get, how do you get your, your, your break or whatever? Well, it's okay, yeah, work experience. And it soon becomes pretty apparent the only people who are getting the opportunity to do the work experience are the people with resources behind them. And if we start thinking about, well, where does this leave us in terms of who's telling the stories in our society? you kind of only got to look at the events of last summer to realise that, that that needs to shift and we need some diversity here going on there. So, so paying people on their way up, I think, is very important. You, I mean, you touch on a really interesting point. It's like, who has the ability to not get a job yeah. and live at home with their parents and just kind of freeload at home and just take that internship, that free internship? Yeah, I mean, because it, it takes a couple of years to get started. So yeah. a lot of people don't just don't have that network and support that they can... I mean, it sounds like an incredible project. I think one of, one of the interesting things that you were talking about is the... isn't necessarily about learning how to take photographs. The idea of taking the photographs, I feel like, is the easy part, right? It's you, you train, you get good enough, you take enough photos, you kind of figure out where light's going to be, and you take the photograph. And if you do it enough, mm -hmm. eventually you'll get better. But it's the soft skills. It's mm -hmm. the dealing with the clients. It's the knowing that you have to show up every single day, on that day, at that time, make everybody needs to feel good about the project. Everybody needs to feel good about the photos. You need to be a presence. You need to rally troops. You need to be there. And that is when I watch a photographer in motion and I go, nailed it. Like they That was are local news great. for me. Stan James. Chief photographer of the Ealing Gazette, 35 years he worked there. He was an absolute master at that. Ah, oh, bless him, Stan, he's great. But the fact that you got to see that and I grow got, up and in I, that. And I got all of his experience of kind of how, just how to work the room and, and how to deal with that situation where you walk into the room, as I said earlier, and it's, you know, it's the white office with the fluorescent bulb <laughs> and everyone's growing, they're like, can we do the picture now? You know, 
and how do you turn that around? Well, there's, so there's that yeah. side. But then the other side of our lives is, um, say, like something like Operation Smile, right? Mm -hmm. We don't walk into an empty room. We walk into a jam-packed room mm -hmm. of loads of people, and you go, okay, let's make this look great. Mm -hmm. And how are we going to walk into a room, analyze what's going on, key players in it, how are we going to tell the story, Who's the, who are the people that we really need to focus on, who are the people that we don't need to focus on because they don't want to be photographed, how are we going to like, absorb all of that and then get what we need, falling into the background, being a fly on the wall, oh. but then stepping forward and having to do what we have to do to get what we need to get to mm. then get out of the room to then get into another room and do the exact same thing and build relationships along the way and make everybody feel comfortable with having a big metal thing with a piece of glass on it in their face. And you go, <laughs> Can you, that's... And, and all at the same time. Yeah, all at the same time. And I think that that, to me, is what really excites me. That's, yeah. That is it. It is it's not... It's the dance, isn't it? It's yeah. a kind of fluid... Yeah. It's not the, talked the, about stuff. This is the stuff that no photographers about, talk about. about, about, about well, you said no one talks about it. Nobody it? talks about this stuff. I think there is a, there's, there's something about photography about being solely in the moment, and that that is it, that kind of dance. And if you get it right, you're kind of in tune with everything that's going on. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. There's I don't the, always get it right, though. <laughs> there have been <laughs> times when I've not been in tune with everything that's going on. But it, there, is, there is a frequency mm. to every room. Mm. And you've got to go in and match that frequency. And sometimes it's high energy, and sometimes it's low energy, and sometimes it's kind of like bubbling in the middle, and sometimes and you want to get out stuff. of the room. And that's when the job's fantastic. The funny thing is, every time I leave a shoot, I always mm. go, didn't get enough, without fail. I never feel like mm. I got enough. And I, it could just be my personality. But I leave the room unsatisfied. And then I go into the edit, and I go, whew, got it. <laughs> you know, then you're like, what am I going to do with all this 80% that doesn't get used? And mm -hmm. you just go, oh, it was, it was so good. I just wanted to mm -hmm. be in there longer, which is why I tell myself that I didn't get it because mm. I don't want to leave. Right, right. I just re I enjoy it that much that you just go, yeah, I want more of that. I often, so when I go, when I go to weddings, I think wedding photographers are probably the best photographers in the world. Only because they, they are forced to do loads on a day. There's time restraints. There's loads of pressure. There's people with expectations. There's a lot of people in a space. You've got to get a variety of imagery. And, and you've got technically, to you have to be on top of your game. You're going to be thrown at low light, shifting white balance, focus Action. issues. You've got to do portraiture. You've got to do reportage. Yeah, it's all coming at you. And you've got to be where you need to be when you need to be there. Yeah. Because there are certain things that happen on that day that if you miss it, it's going to be a problem. And I, I mean, I did a couple weddings and I, I got out. I was like, nope, not for me. Mm -hmm. um, I, lo I love watching wedding photographers work, but I just realized that it wasn't for me. I want to I be more involved in the day. Um, <laughs> that I, and I can't. So I'm like, nope, okay, I'm not going to do that. Um, but it, it's awesome to watch them work. And when I go to weddings and I watch them, you just go, awesome. They've done it. Like they disappear. They mm. like magically disappear and then they reappear. And then they disappear and then they reappear. And then you see what they, they give back to the, the bride and the groom and you go, man, awesome.
But then the, the joy, this is what I really love, is that when bride and groom say, everybody here, we love you, and we want you to take, take stock of the day and be present. So put your phones down. Put your cameras down. We don't want any photos. We have people here to do that. I love that. Because then you don't have like, you know, grandma and grandpa holding up 45 inch mm -hmm. iPads doing this thing and you're like, oh, I can't even see the bride. They're like my best mate. I want to be here. Um, and, and it's everybody's distracted. Mm -hmm. And you, you just, you eliminate it. And I feel like I think I love that because I love it that that's a part of my job. Is my job is to go in in the travel space. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody, you just throw on the brakes and just be present with what's going on. And it has been my job to then document the travel experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I just feel like it's a better way. It just gives me more purpose. Because now I've got the weight of everybody's holiday on my shoulders. And I'm like, i got to nail this. Just like a wedding photographer, you got the weight of the wedding on your shoulders. you got to nail it. Yeah. Purpose v. Pressure. Yeah. Which I think is, is fuel. It is yeah. fuel to the fire. And that's what makes this thing fun. If I was there just to, like, take part in a day and get a couple snappy snaps. It's like, nah. nah. I want the pressure on my shoulders. Because I think pressure is the privilege. Mm -hmm. You know, to be in the room, you've been chosen to be in the room to deliver. And I think that's in all facets of my photography life. And I feel like I have this weird blend of photo and video. Mm -hmm. So then I'm doing the dance and trying to figure out, okay, is this the moment that I need to film that or photograph that? I mean, working with you, you're you're one of the big compliments coming up. I mean, oh. you're, you're one of the very few people I've seen who it looks, and from what you get, it looks like you successfully dance between photo and video. I've worked with a lot of people and I've tried myself and I find it impossible. I never know which one to be on and I can't. I'm either in one brain or the other. Do, how easy is it that for you? Do you feel like you get it right or do you feel like I, I, oh no, I should have gone video, oh no, I should have gone. I mean, that's always gonna be the case. And mm. I walk out of the room and always feel like I didn't nail it. Mm -hmm. um, there's always gonna be moments that, mm. that, that need to be in motion and there's moments that need to be in it's mm. a capture. Mm. And you go, that is just another dance. Mm. It is matching the medium for the moment. It's like, you know it's coming, how are you gonna do it? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Can you get him to do it twice? Is this possible? Can we do the? Can you just do the kiss again? No. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Okay. So you got to get it in one. And I mean, I literally have stood there holding one camera on mm -hmm. video and one camera taking snaps. So, uh, and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I'll yeah. literally because the moment is so spectacular, I've got to mm -hmm. get it in both, and mm -hmm. I won't have a chance to do it again. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm standing there like this. Beep 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 beep. And it's hilarious. I wish somebody would take a photo of me doing it, but you just, you never, it's, it's always in that moment. I, it, it's in a twinkle of someone's eye or mm. you know somebody's in the corner. It's like you know you need to get it that way in that, very, that split second. I, if you walk into a room and I go, okay, I'm gonna film this. It will change mm -hmm. 15 times in the process before I get to that moment. And I think I've, I feel like I've tried to work my whole life to try and find the blend, which is the photographer that I can shift to video and not the other way around. Because finding a filmmaker to photograph is more difficult. 
if I can find a photographer that mm. knows a great frame mm. and you just get him to hold it is easier. But it is, it's the switch off. And I think when the DSLRs came out with a 5D Mark II and you could do it in one body, that was the game changer. And literally, mm -hmm. as we're switching now DSLRs to um, mirrorless, yeah. it's like I have mirrorless bodies and they do not travel with me. They do not go in my bag because there is a, the, the, the step to get from photo to video on a DSLR is literally a switch. Mm -hmm. Now it's a two-stroke process on the mirrorless. And that time and that, is, that, is, that time is too long because it is, I have to hit a mode button and an info. And I, that, that's, that's... It needs to be distinctive. The moment. That's interesting. Because I'm going back and forth nonstop. Mm -hmm. It's like you'll hear... And then... And then it goes silent. And it's, yeah. it is that. And that's the only way you're going to get it. If I burn those milliseconds trying to hit two buttons, it's just there's too much that can go wrong. I mean, that sounds pretty nerdy, but... No, no. I mean, I've stood next to you on shoots where we've been like, okay, framed up, that's the shot, and you've been ro rolling, switch, shoot, and then back over. Well, I, th I think... And somehow you managed to hold it all steady as well. <laughs> yeah, well, you can thank my broken spine for that. <laughs> the, I think that beyond the photo-video stuff, it is how you can take photography and or filmmaking, whichever it is that you do, to that next level and be a value add on set. That is something that I really want to get across to anybody who's ever entering this space. It's like, yes, you can go and take photos. You can take photos like everybody else can take photos. Yeah. Nobody can take photos like you, but you know what I mean. You can have multiple people come in and do the job, but how can you go into the job and over deliver? It's like, right, right. it is the behind the scenes. It's like, when we go shoot together, you're a photographer, you don't get photos of yourself, typically. You don't. We don't get photographs of ourselves doing our job unless we're with another photographer, which is not normal. And so you go, like, the, the behind the scenes we did in Ghana. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's a hoot. I get a photograph of you doing what you do. I get photos of what I do. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and same with everybody on set. Same with the people who are there from the storytelling team. It's like to get photos of yourself in action. And I'm, I want people to do that on construction sites. I want Bill to get a photograph of him on a construction site so they can go, Bill can take it home to his kids and go, that's what I did today. And you go, that's special. Mm -hmm. That you are then the person that Bill talks about every time that he sees that photo of himself. You know, that's the joy of what we get to do. Mm -hmm. We get to share these beautiful moments and they get to take a piece of it home. That's why the Polaroid project was so awesome. You know, you go to these really cool places all over the world. We're weirdos, outlanders that roll in, take some photos, you flip the camera and you go, take a look at that, that's you. Okay, flip it back, put it in a bag, and we're off. We get the story. And we've got the proof. They get the story, but they have no proof. Mm -hmm. And you go, it's not like you're gonna drop them a DSLR, you can't hit print. So it was like, okay, well, I'm gonna bring the can, like the little printers, yeah, which are great, but they're not instant and they're not in that moment. You have to like go back to the hotel, do the thing, and then go, or have a really souped-up car, yeah, and like have it all prepped. Yeah, we've tried the all of that and batteries and <laughs> brutal. Yeah, on top of all the other gear that you're already bringing to the set. So the Polaroid was the easiest way to mm -hmm. share in the moment mm -hmm. and to really truly share the moment. And it works. It's too much fun. Too much fun. Yeah, it's great fun. The, 
I want, I want to talk to one thing, which I always get grief for, because I always say, work for free. <laughs> because I would, if I could do it, I would work for free every day. Mm -hmm. My dream job is 365 days of giving my services away. New client every single day for one year, mm -hmm. do a shoot. Go do a shoot, whether a photo or video. Just go do, deliver it, whether it's a small business, big construction company, building, wedding, whatever. Just 365 days of new every day. Sure. And I go, on the tin, you look at it and you go, you're giving your work away for free. When I'm on the other side of that saying, mm-mm, I am building 365 new relationships in that year times however many people are on set. So really, I'm giving my time away Mm -hmm. But really, I'm the one who's benefiting in that situation. Sure. That's I, how I perceive it. No, I think that makes sense. I think, yeah. I, I think where the, where the working for free thing comes in from a photography point of view is a lot of organizations, publications, people trying to get something for nothing. Uh, and they don't value the... It's just don't value the work or how much it costs. How much it costs to be a professional photographer with insurance, kit, all of that sort of stuff, that costs. The hours afterwards, processing, sorting, making sure they get the best images presented in the best way, all of, all of that. So I think as long as the value of the work is not long, you know, of what you've put in is not lost along the way and communicated, yeah, I don't see a problem with that. I think as well. Yeah, I mean you're right. In the, in the, the you know, every, there's a lot of there's a lot of people trying their luck out there. Mm -hmm. A buddy of mine who's been photographing a big engineering projects for the last couple of years got some really great stuff. Is a good example. He gets a phone call from a engineering magazine. We love your work. We'd love to publish it. Okay, great. Uh, Normally at this point you'd expect them to say, but we got no budget, so you're going to give your work away for free for the promo, okay, well, yeah. you know, all the, the magazine, age old story. all the magazines are trying that one. But this one was different, this was like, so we can do you four pages at the rate of da 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 da. So now you've got to pay to get your work published. So I think... Cheeky. I think you've got to, you know, there's cheeky stuff going on there. So I think framing working for free as you've discussed, I, you know, is sensible i think there's a you know clear plan in that for me there's a clear just value don't let exchange. cheeky people take 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 uh take you for a ride i guess yeah which i think mm. you know i do brush over that mm. and i know the value exchange is worth it for me at this stage in my career in my life so sure. um the whole idea of working for free and them grinding you into the ground mm. to get the imagery working day in day out and not having any benefit, that's when you go, no, mm. that's not okay. I go into working for free knowing what I'm gonna get in exchange, mm -hmm. and that's not money. Because I think that to me, that's the most important part. Because that's what fuels mm. my joy of photography. If I'm going into a situation where I know that I'm gonna be busting my tail, and I'm gonna have to move mountains to make this happen, and I've gotta put everything else on hold, then that's when I need to go, no, 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 no. There needs, there's a financial exchange here. Mm -hmm. Because if mm -hmm. we need to make this work and you need that amount of time, money has to be on the table. Because one, not only for me, for the payment of m me and my time, mm -hmm. but it's actually 
for you because you need to understand that this stuff takes time, energy, and effort and value. How much do you value a dollar? How, how are we going to get the CEO to sit down and take those photos or do that film when you've paid nothing or $250 mm -hmm. for that shoot? Mm -hmm. So the CEO is going to go, Puh, we're not going to get it. Like, I'll just push him back. And you go, there needs to be a level of respect mm -hmm. and appreciation for what's happening. And I think sometimes that comes in the form of money. So when money's on the table, they respect that. Mm -hmm. And they respect that situation and go, we're going to deliver our side, you deliver your side. And it's a fair exchange. So let's do this. <laughs> I want to do, I mean, we, I could talk all day to you because I do talk all day to you anyway. All right. Um, <laughs> what is the, this is rapid fire. Okay. What is the most common question that you get when you tell people you're a professional photographer? I want to buy a camera. What should I get? Yeah. And how does that go for you? Uh, I take it very seriously. I do the research for them and I send them some links. Dang it, I do too. And it is, it is time consuming. And they don't realize, yeah, it takes a lot of time. But there's also... I say, what's your budget? What do you want to photograph? <laughs> I give them second-hand options. I give them a professional option with second-hand kits. And then I give them a kind of, you know, small compact option. Okay. But then they go, I've got a budget of 350 pounds. I want it to be really good in low light. I want it to have a really long zoom. I want it to be super duper light and have a long battery life. Yeah? Yeah, I, I don't and know. And it needs to have a 100 <laughs> megapixel sensor. <laughs> Full frame. Um, best gift to get a photographer? Ooh, photo books. Photo books, as in their photos printed. No, find out who, the style that they like and, you know. So like a photography in, book? Yeah, indulge their photo book collection. So like Magnum? Yeah. Okay. Favorite <laughs> lens? Uh, 50. 50, 1.8? Uh, <laughs> I got the 1.2. All right. Um, it's great all-rounder. You can do everything with it. You can shoot any assignment with it. It's small. Um, works in low light. It's great. Nifty 50. It's handy. All right. Favorite country? South Africa. Amazing people. Bias. All right. Exper <laughs> favorite experience? First Operation Smile Mission. Photographing that. Changed my life. Favorite photographer? I think I'm going to have to go with Don McCullen started it all. It was his work that, that flicked the switch. Nice. I don't even know who that is. Shop but that to be said, I don't really know who any photographer is. <laughs> so don't... Is he alive? He's probably in the late 80s now. Okay. Kudos. Still working. Thank you for getting Zoot involved. Um, okay. Either or. Color or black and white? I have to say color because I always shoot in color. I feel like, don't we always shoot in color? And yeah. Just and, but then the I always say, ah, oh, yeah, I'm going to do, do a project in black and white. I haven't got around for it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> put, it on, put it on the list. All right, portrait or landscape? Mm, I, I, I generally shoot landscape more, but I should shoot portraits, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's an either or, not a both. Oh, okay, landscape. <laughs> People or places? People in places. Oh, cheeky. Uh, sunrise or sunset? Sunrise, uh, sunset, there's more people around doing stuff and kind of, you know, hanging out. Yeah, I disagree with you. I feel like you don't have to work for a sunset. You have to work for a sunrise. Yeah, but like I'm not... Like you earned I'm not, a sunrise. You didn't earn yeah, your sunset. Yeah, but I'm not photographing the sunset. I'm photographing the people kind of, you know, doing stuff at sunset with the sunset as the background. All right, I find that more interesting people, if you get up for sunrise, you've got a purpose. 
That's true. I've been doing sunrises on the heath over lockdown, the time lapse of the city. I mean, you meet a lot of people up there on the heath in the morning during lockdown. Yeah, like, what are you doing up here? Exercising. A lot of people are doing exercises in the dark, watching the city come to life. All right, coffee or tea? Coffee. Greasy spoon. Greasy spoon. Or five. Greasy spoons. <laughs> All right. It? My man, that's it. That is episode one and done. Zoot, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Justin. Lovely. I'll see you in the next episode.